bit of the Habs Forum. Once again, brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. Use promo code THEHABSFORM at checkout to get a 5% discount. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about, once again, the last few games. Just came back from the West Coast road trip, as per usual, for the Montreal Canadiens. Did not go very well. At least they got one win out of it. Uh, also, we're going to talk about upcoming games and uh, the playoff race uh, in general. Uh, Columbus dropping a lot of games recently, which is helping the Canadians a lot. We asked the fans. We're going to talk about the power play, which has obviously been a huge issue all season long. Uh, some other points, like Kotkaniemi getting scratched for some reason. Price going for the wins record on the Canadians. And Lindgren being called up. And, of course, we are back again with the prospect pool. Today, it is going to be Ryan Paling and Jacob Pelletier. And if you can't tell, I am still sick and sound ridiculous, <laughs> but we're going to fight through it. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get to it. First game of the, of the road trip actually started off well with a 3-1 win against the Kings. Uh, pretty solid game overall. I'm going to be honest, I was dying that day and sleeping uh, by 8 p.m., so I didn't watch a lot of it. Uh, but uh, how did it go? You tell I mean, me. Not, I mean, obviously they got off to a good start. I mean, we all know typically how the Canadians perform out west. Of course. Usually never good. However, the West Coast road trip, not nearly as hard as it used to be. No, that's true. Definitely. Uh, you know, we, were, we mentioned last week that we were hoping for you know, at least two wins, four points out of it. Um, obviously got off to a great start, even though the Canadians didn't really play very well, especially later in the game. They played pretty well in the first half. Um, it was great to see Jordan Wheel in his first game. He got off to a, to a great start with the Canadians, obviously scoring a goal. Um, looked really good. But in the, in the second half, I mean, they really lost lost their jump and came very close to, actually, you know, to, 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 to the Kings coming back in that game. Eventually did score a, score a third goal later on. Um, but, I mean, so they yeah, got off to a good start. But I can see here Shea Weber scored early in the third, which I'm sure uh, – uh, makes a huge difference, but so yes, another case of the Canadians not playing a full sixty minutes. It feels like this has been a common theme uh, lately. Either start strong or and finish slow, or vice versa. Uh, it's it's really frustrating because this time of the year, every point matters. Exactly, like, it's so so tight in the, in the race right now. Tied for Columbus right now with the tiebreakers outside of the of the playoffs. Uh, you, you need every single point you can get. I mean, luckily they still squeaked out that win against LA, but that's not a strong team, and they squeaked it out. Yeah, the Canadians aren't a team that have enough talent to just get by playing half the game. I mean, they're a game, you know, they're a team, and I mean, that's that's the way they played at the beginning of the season. That's why they had so much success was that they were, you know, constantly giving us a solid sixty minutes. Everyone was pulling their own weight. Unfortunately, that hasn't really been the case as of late. But um, you know, again, they were at least they were able to get the win against the Kings, and then it sort of went downhill from there. It went uh, significantly uh, downhill from there. Uh, so the next game that uh, was was it San Jose? Yeah, San Jose. The next game with a very questionable call from Claude Julian. I barely wanted to watch this game when I heard Niemi was going to play. We're at that point of the year where Care Price needs to basically play every single game, and. I, I, I'm not sure if you agree with me on this, but this to me, this is just Coach Julian thinking he's going to be clever about this and he's going to play Niemi against the better team, just admit defeat and lose, and then get the sure win against Anaheim with Price in net. Oh, oh, spoilers, they lose 8-2 against Anaheim. Play your best goalie, your best player against the best team. Uh, well, Price, up to that point, I think he had played 15 straight games. Don't care. He, he can't play every game. There's a reason you have a backup. He's going to have to play every once in a while. 
And the, the Canadians have another now, well, at that point, I think they had like 15 games left in the season or 14 games left. He's going to have to play at some point. And But here's the thing. Why not play Price against the better team in the first game of the back-to-back? They played a great game against San Jose. They did. They <laughs> skated hard. They, they dominated them. But Niemi was not an NHL goaltender that game. <laughs> he was terrible. He wasn't an AHL goaltender. Exactly. He, he, he could barely squeak by in our beer league where you're a goaltender. <laughs> and you're terrible. <laughs> well. But, uh, no, I mean, I think the, the – and a lot of people, obviously, on Twitter agreed with you, but I, I, I didn't see it that way. I mean, again, he had to – it was – you know, you had to think that he was going to play one of the two games. And, yeah, I can see why some people would think, including you, would think that, you know, he'd, he'd play the – well, it seemed like he was playing the, uh, you know, putting the Emmy against the better team in hopes that figuring that the Ducks would be an easy win with Price and Ness. But don't forget, I mean, Niemi, and yes, Niemi has played basically for half of the NHL at this point. But, it's his former team. But most of the time, I mean, most coaches do that. They'll play when the backup, is, you know, if, if they need to play the backup at that point, they're going to play them against their former team and hoping that, I mean, yes, Niemi had obviously struggled the last little while, the last couple of games that he's been in Nets. I think he's lost, like, like his last five or six games have been pretty awful. But, I mean, hoping that playing against his former team would... But my thing there is that he did a bad job of judging his team because what looked like happened is that they just ran out of gas in the second game against Anaheim, whether or not that's a valid excuse. But, like, you're more likely to have a bad outing. Like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, maybe that's why he figured the team will be tired against Anaheim, so he'd rather have Price in net. Like, I don't know what Gene's train of thought was, but to me, when I saw Niami was playing against San Jose, I was... I had no faith we were going to win that game. <laughs> I had zero faith we were going to win that game. Well, I mean, I mean it is unfortunate. I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Of mean, course. It's yeah, easy yeah, to say yeah, after yeah, the fact. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, the Canadians played a great game. Yeah. I mean, they didn't look that great against Even Lekkanen scored. Even Lekkanen scored. Lekkanen hates scoring. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Jones, luckily, was, well, I mean, luckily, I mean, we got lost anyway, but I mean, he wasn't that much better himself. I mean, the two goals that he did let in, uh, Lekkanen and the other uh, He one. made 37 saves, still. Yeah, I guess, yeah, he did. Eh? He got off to, a, like, kind of a bad, so anyway, the two goals that he let in were pretty bad. But uh, Niemi was just awful. Awful the whole game. Um, not even an AHL caliber goalie in this game, and unfortunately, I mean that changes the way that the, the you know the Canadians are going to play too. When you oh, see, for sure, for sure, when you see your goalie letting in, I mean the first two goals were just awful. No goalie, sh- no NHL goalie should ever let those in, and I mean that's you know, there was the, there was the other playing. goal that deflected on Dano, if I'm not mistaken, which bad bounce, sure, but still bad positioning. Yeah, you know? he played he played it pretty badly. Yeah. Like he was like going for the trying to cut off the pass and then he stopped cutting off the pass. <laughs> it was it was just <laughs> well, a, a clear sign of a goaltender who has zero confidence in himself. Right? Well, I mean that's the thing. I mean, and sometimes it's a goalie will have it'll just be one of those nights in price. I mean, basically had one of those nights on Friday. Yeah. Where, you know, you're just constantly fighting the puck and you can see it right away. Yeah, that was that was a tough game on Friday. Eight to two against the Ducks. The Ducks is are not a good team. They're not a team that scores a lot of goals. That 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 was just at this point of the year where the Canadians are in the standings. I mean, this loss is why they're out of the playoffs right now. It's just it's unacceptable. I mean, you're gonna have off nights, but eight to two against the Ducks. Against the Ducks, against the Bats. Really, like you said, not a not a very good team. And to lose like that, to put up the effort that they did. I mean. It was just a terrible all-around performance. And, of course, Price didn't play well, but he got hung out to dry a lot, too. Yeah. 
I think. And, and it gets to the point, we've seen that with Price before in the past. He does seem to, like, if he gets to the point in the third where he doesn't think there's a chance he's going to win, he's just, meh. Like, the focus yeah. isn't there anymore. And, and, and it, it, he doesn't seem too concerned about maintaining his stats at that point. He just wants to move on to the next game. And, and the thing there is that, I mean, do you put Niemi in at that point? Like, would you have kept Price in for as long as he was kept in? No, I think they, I mean, they probably should have pulled him at that point. Because who cares about Niemi being tired from the no, day exactly. before, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, we like, I, like, why not just start the third? I mean, Junier said after the game, the goal that really broke broke our back or whatever was the sixth goal. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? Yeah, I, I, like, I mean, a 5-2 to two going into the third, I know Anaheim is bad, but, like, it would have been, like, a quote-unquote miracle comeback, you know? Yeah, well, especially with the effort that they were putting in, I mean... Exactly. You know, it was it was over long before that, really. Yeah, they did get a power play goal, which was exciting. They did. I mean, that's that's pretty much the only positive I think. You <laughs> On can take six away. chances, though, so that is is that that's not even that amazing statistically. And I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I'll take that. any power play goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah, I mean, obviously, a sad way to finish off the to finish off the the, the, yeah, the West mean, Coast trip. One and six is a sixteen percent, so that's a little bit above their batting average. This there you year. go, better than they're doing now. So, um, obviously, they'll be extremely happy to be coming home tonight. Not only coming home, but playing their favorite opponent this year. I would say the Detroit Red Wings, who they have blown out twice. But that, they're still an NHL team, though. I hope they're not thinking the way I'm thinking. But they need to have a big win here. This is as close to a must win that the Canadians have had oh, so absolutely. far. Especially after the Islanders doing the Canadians a huge favor yesterday and shutting out the, the Blue Jackets 2-0. So Canadians Blue Jackets right now are, are tied in the standings. Same amount of games played. Uh, I don't know exactly why uh, the they have the tie. It's probably that they probably have more. Yeah, the, the Blue Jackets have three more uh, the regular or overtime wins. Which is the Canadians are probably not going to catch up. Like a, a three-game lead in that category is pretty big with this amount of games left oh, in the year. For sure. For sure. So that means that basically the Columbus for the rest of the year have one extra point than the Canadians because if it finishes tied, Columbus is probably going to finish ahead. So must must win tonight. They got against Detroit. They got to win that. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's it's barely an NHL team really at the Wings have at this point. But um, I mean, obviously the Canadians have embarrassed them twice already this season. So I mean they're going to be I'm sure they're going to be you know fighting for sure. You know, they're, 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 they're going to be ready they're, they're going to be ready to play because no matter what they're professionals and what happens a lot late in the year like you have, you have younger players that want to make maybe prove something and they, and they, the teams love to play spoilers, right? There's there's players that are playing for contracts for next year. Uh, they they have a, a good reason to play. You can't just slack off and especially because the Canadians embarrassed them twice this year. Once pretty recently. I I, I can't remember yeah, exactly when it, when it yeah, it was just at the end of February if I'm not mistaken. So that's fresh in their minds. They're not going to forget like 8 to 1 on the 26th of February. They're going to remember that. So they're going to come out strong and the Canadians did that to Detroit in Detroit. So yeah. they're they're going to play strong. But it doesn't matter. Canadians have to be better if they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, regardless. I mean, if they win 8 to 1 or 2 to 1, they have to win this game. No, exactly. There's, there's it's, no, it's it's, it's no the two points. And uh, at the same time, there's some interesting scoreboard watching because Boston and Columbus will be playing at the same time. So, I mean, it, Boston's a much tougher opponent than than, uh, than Detroit is. So if, if Columbus loses against Boston, Canadians win against uh, Detroit, it's a huge swing in the standings right there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and all the teams that are ahead of the Canadians right now, and even the Flyers, which are just behind the Canadians at this point, three points behind, I mean, they're all 
they're not losing any games. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the Canadians are going to have to keep pace. It's going to be tough. But, I mean, it starts with, you know, hopefully they can they can turn around, obviously, the, the, the bad West Coast trip with a win tonight against the Wings. And uh, just uh, another game to scoreboard to watch today. you got Pittsburgh against uh, Washington also. Uh, Pittsburgh, they're, they're, they're ahead, but they're only four points ahead. So a loss by Pittsburgh, win by Montreal, two-point difference. So definitely something to, to look at there also. But, yeah, Philadelphia, I didn't even realize they were only three points behind the Canadians at this point. It's, I know, yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a surprise. They were quite a few points behind yeah, the Canadians. But uh, 6-3 and 1 in the last 10, last 10 so can't forget about that. It's it's a tight race, and the, and the problem is the Canadians aren't going to catch up to anyone in the division. So there's one extra spot for those other teams to to, to, to get that uh, done there. So they, they really got to push through. I mean, it's and it makes a big difference being the the first wild card team as opposed to the second wild card 100%, team. Yeah. So I mean, you, know, you don't really want to be playing the Lightning in the first round. Definitely, I it mean, makes a big difference. Right now, the, the Washington has surpassed the Islanders, so Washington is exactly an easy. No, no, no series gonna be easy, but no. still, Washington you got the. Cup hangover a little bit there. I mean, they're definitely beatable. Tampa Bay just seems like I mean tough to beat. I mean, I, I saw actually the, the the Tampa Bay they they qualified for the playoffs the quickest any of any team. I forget since what team it was, but the, compared to the two closest teams that did it like in similar time in like two thousand like eight or something like that, and both those teams lost in the first round. So it's the NHL, so you never know. <laughs> no, what you can never happen. know. You, you never, never know. know. But still, you'd rather not play Tampa Bay in the first round for sure. Um, but uh, after that, I mean, uh, so we got the Wings uh, Wings tonight. You got the Islanders on Thursday. Yeah, that's not it's going to be a tough game. I mean, playing in New York, the Islanders have been on fire lately. Yeah. They've been playing very well. I mean, they've, they've been playing all, really well all season, really. I mean, so that's going to be a tough game. Obviously, they just beat the, the Blue Jackets yesterday, so hopefully they can do us another favor and let us win. <laughs> Just let us win. <laughs> yeah, overall, though, looking at the schedule for the Canadians, Detroit tonight, Islanders, tough matchup, sure. Chicago. Definitely a winnable game. Philly, crucial game, obviously. Yeah. Islanders again. Then Buffalo. Then Carolina, crucial. Then Florida. I mean, there's then Columbus. This this stretch coming up is is huge, and there's a lot of winnable games. Like yeah, the, 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 the Islanders are the, the the toughest team the Canadians are going to be facing, and no one thought the Islanders were going to be as good as they were as, like at the beginning of the year. Right? They're, they're still a team that the Canadians yeah. can beat. So uh, it's uh, interesting stretch compared to other teams like Columbus. Their next few games, Boston, Carolina. You love seeing Carolina playing against Columbus at this point of the year, just hoping for no overtime. Then you got Boston again, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Islanders. Like the Canadians have a bit of an easier stretch in Columbus here. Hopefully, they can gain some ground. Yeah, especially Columbus. I mean, they do they do seem to have a pretty tough schedule uh, ahead of them. I mean, the Canadians got to get the points now because their last three games of the season. I mean, yeah, like I mean, they they have a bit of a easier stretch right now. Last three games of the season. Maple Leafs, Capitals, and Lightning. Yeah, that's rough. So that's that's rough. Tough. I think you, what you're hoping at that point is that those teams, their uh, their spot in the standings yeah, is all, set. Yeah, already be qualified. And they true. might they, like Tampa Bay might be resting players at that point. It, it, that that's what you're hoping, but you can't bank <coughs> on uh, on that uh, obviously. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and uh, a big reason why we are fighting for our playoff lives at the end of the season now is because the Montreal Canadiens have a historically, I mean, I didn't look this up. I'm assuming historically, <laughs> terrible power play this year. It's got to be down there for sure. 12.4%. They can't get much worse than that. Yeah, so we asked our followers on Twitter what they wanted us to uh, talk about first. 
and this was definitely the big topic on everyone's mind. And it was suggested to one, uh, suggested suggested to us by one of our listeners, Kevin Rogers at ka rogers seventy seven on Twitter, uh, basically asking, you know, what's what's the biggest issue at this point, or what's what's been the issue all season really? Is it a player issue? Is it the system? And we did touch on this a little bit last week. In my opinion, I think you know, I think most people would agree it's it's really the system. I think Kirk Muller at this point. I mean. He's had all season. But it hasn't just been Kirk Muller is the thing. Because a few weeks back, like more like a month back at this point, Julien said he was taking over the power play and nothing changed. That's true. I don't don't know if he really has taken over. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. We're we're, we're not in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But it's weird, right? Because it's like they've been playing so well five on five and they can't even enter the zone five on four. No, I know. It's, It's been crazy. I mean, luckily at the beginning of the season... It wasn't holding them back too much. They were scoring a lot five on five. They're one of the best teams in the NHL yeah. on five on five. Unfortunately, five on five the last couple well last couple of weeks I guess hasn't been as successful. So the power play is killing us more and more. Well, you need the power play to, for, to get those. There's I I'd be I'm sure there's a ton of games, a ton of points that we let slip by because of the bad power play. But I would say it's not just the system because I do think there is a player issue because the one thing the Canadians are missing is a true true sniper. Like they have a lot of great playmakers. They have a lot of they have a couple guys in Shaw and Gallagher that'll get those dirty goals in front of the net and all that. But the sniper used to be Galchenyuk, and for all his faults, Galchenyuk is a great power play player. I mean, even I I think I saw that even still in uh, in Arizona, he's still doing not bad uh, on, on the power play there. So he he's always been a good power play player for us. We don't have that sniper, and they've tried to make Dwayne that sniper a little bit. He, he Dwayne's much more of a playmaker. There's cut Kimi. I'm hoping we'll get there, but we can't. We can't. Yeah, not this world. You know, it can't just all be on Shea Weber's slap shot. No, I guess. I mean, I can kind of see that. See where you come from with the with the snipe. You know, maybe missing uh, missing Galchenyuk's sniping there from basically um, you know from the slot. But I mean, you have Petrie. You have. Weber. Okay, Petrie can barely hit the net. Okay, well, I know he's yeah, having a good offensive year, but on the power play, I feel like every time he gets a one-timer from the, the point or whatever, it's so wide. But, I mean, well, yeah, it's true he does have, have a bad habit of missing the net a lot. Weber, you have the, the yeah. best slap shot in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, it's it's up there. I don't th- I don't know if he still has the best slap shot in the NHL. It's 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 definitely definitely up there. But the thing is, you have to open up for him. Opening up, well, for him. like yeah. like like yeah. get get like everyone says. Oh, they 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 know he's gonna do that, so it's easy to defend. Everyone knows Oveshian is gonna take that slap shot from that same spot he's been doing for a decade, and he's still the most prolific goal scorer of our generation. Well, I mean, doesn't that just sort of prove the point then? Then it's not it's the coaches that aren't. Oh, I do think that, I do think that the system is part of it, but I do think that there is there's like a piece missing. There's that there's that 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 shooter on offense on the wing that's missing. Like back in the day when we had Kovalev, he 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 was a great finisher on the power play. We don't have that winger that can really snipe it consistently. I mean, like once in a while you'll get you'll get a goal like that from a Max Domi, from a Drouin even, uh, or from a from a Gallagher. But you don't have that guy that consistently when he he's there and has the opportunity for that wrist shot, it's dangerous and it's going top corner. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, I I can see that, but. They can't even set up in the zone. In the no, yeah, zone, no, for sure, there. for sure. Like, I mean, so they can't. Like, even if even if they did have a sniper, they can't even get into a position where they're where okay, they're set up in the zone. 
and now let's try to let's try yeah. to score a goal. And there's so many situations where they actually seem they're passing the puck well. It's going well. Oh, okay, something's gonna happen, and then someone just makes a boneheaded pass yeah. to like the other team and just f- fumbles the puck completely. It's 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 really really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So that that's why I mean I think. You know, maybe maybe they could use a sniper on the power play, but again, at the same time, I don't think the coaches are putting him in a position to succeed. I mean, and again, I mean, they can't even, like I said, they can't even set up most of the time. Yeah, they, no, that's true. Then the other team will clear the puck. They'll try to come back into the zone. They'll lose it. The, the zone entry is the most yeah, frustrating yeah, part. Exactly. The zone entry has been really, really awful. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, just getting a new coach to – Back to power well, player to, to be up to be cl- yeah for the power play specifically. yeah no, we're not no, saying no, no, no. fire Claude Julien because he can't make no, out the power play no, no. but yeah something needs to but I don't know, is it that hard like because like to have a bad stretch on the power play is one thing but to be there hasn't been a good stretch all year it's been consistently no. atrocious the whole year like I think it was Chicago that was compar- comparatively bad to the Canadians on with their power play earlier in the year but then if you if you look at at some like the midpoint of the season, they turn things around, and now they're 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 doing a lot a lot better. So like since then they've been a top. They're still like eleventh right now, but they were at the bottom at some yeah, point because yeah. it it was a bad streak. But for the Canadians to be this bad and like it's been the whole season, if you look at the the goal scores, just even though I said that we're missing a sniper, we still do have goal scores this year. Been Gallagher with thirty goals mm-hmm. again. We got two guys with twenty goals in Tatar and Domi, both at twenty two and. Two more potentially in Dwayne Shaw. Shaw would probably have twenty if he didn't miss so many games. Plus, you got on defense Shea Weber with eleven goals in forty-five games. That's a great clip for a defenseman. Yeah, yeah for sure. I don't That's, know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's pretty mind-boggling that they've been this bad all season. And Twenty-six y- power play goals all season. Yeah, and you were you were saying before there's there's players. How many players have there's more? Points? Nineteen players in the NHL that have more power play points and the Canadians have power play goals and again Braden Point has 19 goals by himself where the Canadians have 26 power play goals that's, that's crazy that's just terrible and I uh, I don't know if you remember but I, I sent in the in our chat that uh, that stat of the, the the active NHL players with the most power play time without a power play goal oh, and yeah. in the top 10 there was Joel Armia uh, Nate Thompson and Philip Dano yeah, who I can't believe Daniel has never had a power play goal. I mean, he's not a goal scorer first, but like all these one. years that he's been playing on top lines for the Canadians, he's never had a power play goal. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Crazy. I don't know why Nate Thompson has so many power play power play mint times. I, I would but. assume what is happening there. Uh, I mean, he was on the lower end of the list still, but what's yeah. happening there maybe is that he was like the face off guy that he'd be put out there to win the face off, yeah. and then he. He'd skate out, skate out of the zone. I still, I just thought it, it doesn't mean much, uh, considering you have players that didn't get all those uh, minutes uh, necessarily with the Canadians, namely Armia, who's number one. Uh, but uh, I just thought it was funny. Is that never scored a goal ever, or uh, not scored a goal this season? No, 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 ever. Really? On the power play, yeah. Oh, Armia has a crazy amount of like, is they, they? I think they tried to make it work in Winnipeg for the longest time. He was just never, and like he has a great shot. He seems there's. Armitage seems to just be like a little thing missing there. You just can't fully put it together. I do love him as a as a as a third line guy that's reliable defensively and can sometimes flash on offense. But there's something uh, that seems to be uh, missing there for for some reason. 
Yeah, uh, he's a, he's like a big body. You know, he's a good power forward. He's he's played pretty well for the Canadians so far this season. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, basically doing what's uh, what's expected of him. But uh, yeah, clearly not working on the power play. Well, no one no one is working on the power play at this point. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know at this point. I, at this point, I'm, I've kind of given up on it. I, I don't think they're going to figure it out this year. It's uh, it's more of a next year thing. Hopefully, something happens. I'm hoping Kotkaniemi takes that next step, and I do think he might be the next guy to really be able to. Yeah, to, well, to, I mean, yeah, the so the much of the player. future of the Canadians is going to rely on rely on him. Oh, for I mean, sure, uh, definitely. There's no doubt about that. But I, I'm excited about that prospect because he's uh, he, he he's obviously looked uh, amazing so far. So, anyways, moving on from the shitty power play, that's something we glossed over a little bit. Uh, but the the the, the three uh, the the West Coast road trip, but I think is relevant and very mind boggling, is just the Kutkenyemi being scratched for two of the games. Well, yeah, it's, it did sort of surprise me too at first. Like, especially I think it two a lot of games. Yeah, yeah, two games, true. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I mean, again, we're not in the room. You don't know exactly what's going on. Did he? Has he really slowed down? I mean, I don't really think that he slowed down any. Not, not at all. He hasn't looked tired at all. He's He, he looks great out there. And I mean, Do you think it's maybe because those West Coast teams are a bit bigger? And that was maybe sheltering him a little bit. Maybe, yeah, maybe that is sort of what played into it. But um, it is a little weird. I mean, hopefully we're not going to see him scratched again because I think he definitely. I mean, the two games that he missed, uh, or no, he wasn't there against the Kings, so they did win. They're one and one. I yeah, guess. yeah. But um, yeah. I well, mean, the, the the thing that was the, the worst part about it is that he was finally practicing with Dwayne. That's true. <laughs> and we talked about it in the last podcast. We were so excited to see him play with Dwayne. Yeah. And then he gets scratched. It's I feel like Julien did that on purpose to piss the fans <laughs> off. But I, actually, uh, based on the uh, a John Liu tweet, uh, based on some comments by Claude Julien today, it does look like they're finally going to play together tonight because uh, we're recording just before the Detroit game. So it's, it's looking like it's Drouin, Kakinyemi, Armia. Very, very excited. That's going to be excited to see. Very excited to see yeah, that, that, I mean, that line in action. Like, I mean, you know, uh, Kakinyemi, he's had the chance to play with some, I mean, you know, Lekkinen, and uh, I played a bit with Byron, I think Shaw as well. But, I mean, to get the chance finally to play with a guy with the offensive potential of the Gouin. Well, he, he's played, so Byron and Shaw, love them both. Both guys that can finish on the wing and they can ha- create some some things sometimes. More more Byron with the creating aspect. But none of them are playmakers. He hasn't played with a playmaker this year. Yeah. And to have him, and, cause, and Kakinyemi... <sighs> In his own right, is a great playmaker, and he. There's been situations where it's so the amount of times he he has set up Lekkonen and Lekkonen hasn't been able to, to finish. I mean, he, yeah. he could have ten more assists this year, but he hasn't. Like he has a, he seems to have that sniper gene a little bit in him. But he needs someone to set him up for that. And Drouin, he could very well be that guy. And they played together a game for for like three. It was something crazy for like five seconds in, in a game, <laughs> a, 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 like a, like a month ago or something. And Kadiemi scored that amazing one timer goal. Yeah, wasn't he? I think it was against Philly. I, I can't remember against who it was. I just, I just remember it was a crazy small amount of time uh, that, uh, that that they played together and they still produced. I'm, I'm really excited to see not just the, the Drouin Kadiemi aspect of it, just Kadiemi with a playmaker. See what can happen yeah. there. No, it's gonna. I mean, we'll finally get to see what he can do with with a real offensive star. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be exciting to see. For Hopefully, sure. today is one of the days that Dwayne decides to play. So hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, hopefully he hasn't he, he hasn't looked that bad. It's just the stats when you see the 
the those stats. I think it was in the last thirteen games he had two games with four points, four points each, and no Zero. points like across Zero the board everywhere else. And like crazy. you look at that, it's like oh, eight points in thirteen games. That's not that bad, but that's a lot of scoreless days. It, it's yeah. it's just it it, it, it it can be very frustrating because he does have the the skill to get it done. But I mean. I think his last four-point game was against Detroit, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think so. Yeah, right. so you definitely want to see some more consistency from him. I mean, the Canadians across the board. You, I mean, over the oh, last few sure. weeks, you want to see more consistency. For sure. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, he's still a young player. And uh, Yeah, he is you know, 23. I think old. we all forget that yeah. he is just 23. But maybe mm-hmm. playing with the 18-year-old who always has a smile on his face and always works hard, maybe that you know gives you a bit of boost of energy. Yeah, hopefully. And, I mean, you got Armia, the kind of guy that's going to go into the corners. Yeah, I think he's the perfect the puck, so. he's the perfect extra guy to, 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 to complement those guys because he, 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 he's not like a black hole life offensively, mm-hmm. and he's also the, the guy, like you said, go in the corner, fight for the puck. Yeah, and against Detroit, I mean, it's a team, uh, you know, I mean, there's some goals to be scored out there. Yeah, there's play. definitely some goals to be so. to be scored there for sure. <laughs> uh, also, uh, for, for tonight, what uh, we're hoping to see is Price – Becoming the winningest, is that how you say that? Yes, the winningest the, goalie. The winningest goalie in Montreal Canadiens history, currently tied at 314 wins, going for a win 315 today. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, uh, you know, I remember the day he was drafted. <laughs> I, I do remember. Yeah. I, I, I actually remember because he was the Crosby draft, right? Yeah. And I remember watching the lottery for Crosby because it was, oh, yeah, it was the season too. after the lockout, so everyone had a shot at yeah. him. And I remember I was at a family <laughs> gathering. It might have been around Christmas time. I'm not. I'm not sure. Well, no, it, it wouldn't have been. No. Okay, but it was during during the lockout. Why was I with family? Anyways, it's not relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and uh, I remember I was watching it, not expecting anything, because the Canadians only had one ball. And, and I remember as I just kept getting closer and closer to the TV, and I was yelling at the TV, and no one else <laughs> in my family knew what was going on, and I thought we might get Crosby, but still to get the the fifth overall pick, and then they reached on Price. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember not being happy when they drafted Price. Well, yeah, Theodore was coming off a. Yeah, Theodore was yeah. coming off a great season. Yeah. They had Halak, they just drafted Halak, who was looking pretty good in the queue. Uh, I was hoping for Kopitar, personally. Who wouldn't the, have been a bad pick either? Th- that, that is an interesting conversation, uh, actually. Would the Canadians have been better off with Kopitar and Halak? Over the years versus, versus so. I mean, Price. Well, Alex's not that great. I agree, but Kopitar is that great. Oh, yeah. no, Kopitar is, and he's exactly the player the Canadians have missed for decades, basically. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean that. Who, who who knows? Who knows what that? But I remember watching that draft, being really really worried that Gilbert Brulé was going to be the guy. Yeah, he, unless he, he was drafted sixth overall, and, and right he after seemed Price. exactly. He, he had the French sounding name. He was tiny, <laughs> you know. And he, well, he's he, not French though. He's from uh, yeah, French sounding name though. Out west, that, you can trick you can <clears throat> trick some of the people up north sometimes with the French sounding names. You know, it's like when they uh, when they picked up Beaulieu. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He doesn't speak a well, lick of French. Even Pouliot, Benoit Pouliot. Yeah, well, he was French yeah. though, but Franco Ontario. Franco Ontario. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, super ex- obviously super exciting. Three hundred and fifteen wins. Yeah. Obviously, such a you know a historic franchise like the Canadians got exactly. pretty exactly pretty. And I mean, he still got another seven years on his contract. <laughs> exactly. So, so um, by the end of his career, uh, he might end up having one of those records that is basically unbeatable. Yeah, I mean, he could seven more years. He could easily have maybe five hundred wins with the Canadians. Oh, that's definitely possible. Yeah, it's plausible. It's plausible. It's plausible. It, it depends on like, how how he holds up, how he, uh, he like just like his uh, if he gets injuries and all that. Because goaltending, you never know. But some goalies like Luongo still playing at a very very high level, and he's uh, he's 
pretty old now, Luongo. Let me let me look up his age. Uh, he's got to be like four, 39 or 40. Yeah, he's 39. And he's still playing at a pretty high level. I mean, if, if Price turns into like that at the end of his career, I'll be pretty happy with, uh, with yeah, as that. As long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's always the main thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously, you know, it's going to be great to see him get 315. Hopefully it is tonight. Uh, I, I do like that. It doesn't mean anything, but I do like yeah. when those types of achievements happen against like uh, a team like the Detroit Red Wings. You know, like a team How that, often... Like in in our lifetime, are you going to see a Canadian's record be beat? That's Never. so true. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well, although one of my pet peeves of, of modern day broadcasting is that every game there seems to be this new record, and no one's ever knew we were keeping tabs. <laughs> but this is like a classic record, you know. This is yeah, it, the most, most wins. wins by the goalie, yeah. you know, and in, in, in franchise history. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, like you said, I mean, we're definitely never going to see this record beat again. Probably not. But like in our life, <laughs> probably. I mean, it, it, it would be it'd be shocking. Yeah. So yeah, it's exciting. Hopefully, he gets it tonight. So I mean, there. I mean, you want to see him get it at home. So I mean, that'd be at home. And like I said, against Detroit, I think that's pretty cool. Or maybe that's why he didn't play him against San Jose. He wanted to make sure they get it at home. <laughs> he wanted to keep the festivities for Detroit. Oh my god, that would be even dumber reason to make a decision. Uh, all right. So aside from that. Um, Looking at the roster, because we were just talking about how uh, Drouin uh, is playing with Kotkiemi and Armia. Uh, I mean, aside from that, in the, uh, the lineup, the other more relevant thing is uh, Riley on defense seems to consistently be the on man out. Since Feline has joined uh, the Canadians, uh, Ben has moved back to the left side, which has pushed Kulak down to the last left uh, he was already playing like third lefty, but would I don't know? Like, would you not rather have Riley up there, maybe playing with Petrie, and then you have Ben with Foline and then Kulak in the stands? Yeah, I think about Riley though. It's, it's sort of like you never know what you're going to get from him. You can yeah. either like the beginning of the season, he was he was amazing, yeah. flashes then, of brilliance, even like the, there was that one goal early in the year. He just he just kept the puck in at the blue line and mm-hmm. sniped, and it was beautiful. Yeah, but when Riley's bad, he is bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that Ben's been any better when when called upon to be like a, exactly you know, to play with Petrie. Exactly. Well, that 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 game against uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, he for some reason started the game on the ice. A horrible decision, and he <laughs> coughed it up to Sydney fucking Crosby within like three seconds. Yeah, and so the game was over. Yeah, I mean, so, well, I think Christian Fellini just sort of brings like more of a, a physical presence to the team that most of the Canadians defensemen don't have. Well, I do like also. Having like on defense, it's more important than offense. Having your left-handed shots on the left and your right-handed shots on the right. I mean, yeah. Ben can hold his own as the like like I like Ben on the right as an option in case of injuries, kind of thing. You know, he's like your seventh defenseman, and he can replace on either side regardless of what happens. But he should be playing on his left side. Yeah, most this is of the definitely time, ideal. Right? Um, yeah, it's better to have him play on the left. But I actually find he's he's been he's played his better hockey at least this season on the right, and he's you know he's, he's doing pretty good with Kulak. I mean, Foley's been pretty good <laughs> since he's been with the Canadians in the, in the games that he's played. But I think they've been better without him. In, I, I mean, I think they had Maybe, three yeah. pairings that were doing decent. Yeah, Riley. I mean, sometimes he's going to make some bad plays. But at the end of the day, it's like we've talked about all year. There's a giant hole on the left side. I mean, Mete has stepped it up recently <coughs> and has been been pretty, like up and down a little bit, but generally solid next to Weber. So that's been a bit of a lifesaver because if Mete hadn't stepped up, imagine Mete was still in the AHL. Yeah, and not playing, not playing the way he's been playing. The left side would be atrocious right now, but uh, still, you need that extra extra piece. There's, 
It's I don't know where they're gonna get it, but you add a legitimate top left D to this team, and it's they gotta wait till free agency and they can pick up Alex Edler. Alex Edler is gonna <laughs> retire in Vancouver, and the solution is Jake Garner. Okay, no. uh, we need a new whipping boy, you know, so people stop talking about the all, all the time. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Like Riley, it just doesn't seem like the coach likes him that much. I mean, he, he's still the seventh guy, so that's that's fine. I mean, other scratches you got Pekka, you don't obviously uh, Delorier. I mean, you don't probably. Last year of the Canadians, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't yeah. look like it's going to turn probably, into anything. Probably, he's probably already, <coughs> already played his last game with the Canadians, quite frankly. Potentially. And another player who hopefully has played his last game with the Canadians and with a recent column may have is Antti Yemi because Lindgren got called up recently, who hasn't been that good this year, if we're being honest. He has not been. But can't be worse than Niemi. <clears throat> no. Yeah, you got to figure Niemi's played his last game in the NHL. Um, I mean, there's a re- – well, I mean – yeah, there's a reason why they called up Lingren. Like you said, though, Lingren hasn't been much better in the AHL. But, I mean, even just to, you know, I think they did call him up probably just so Price can sort of take it easy in practice. Well, and people that, were a little worried because there was that report that Price got a shot. Uh, was it to the well, head? Well, he did look hurt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sort of like to the shoulder, yeah. collarbone so, kind of thing. But right away, uh, it, it, they, they said, no, 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 they, they, there's no correlation. It's like a coincidence. Yeah, I love Gallagher, but that was stupid. Yeah. He, like, took a slap shot, like, a few feet in front of him. I would have been pissed being a goalie. I've I seen you be pissed. pissed when players yes, do that. Well, so, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's bad. And Price must have been pissed off. That, that, that's, like, that, that's, that's like peewee stuff. That you find that's, that, yeah, like, that's you know stupid. not. The, the year that you learn how to lift the puck is the learn is the year that you learn not to Especially shoot that high shot, on your goalie. A slap shot that close. I mean, anyway. Yeah, no, Whatever. It is what it is. I guess, yeah. you know, some, some sometimes happens just out of, you know. In, it's in okay. We will forgive Gallagher for for this yeah, one. Yeah, he scored thirty goals. Exactly. We, we just flash. genuinely love Gallagher. So you know. So a guy that could be joining the Canadians soon, Ryan Palin. Hopefully, well, probably not, but maybe you, by the you, end you of the season know. we'll see. You never know. I mean, I mean, he well, he he's, as well. When's the Frozen Four, four starting? That's pretty soon, right? Uh, well, the first of all, they got like the conference tournaments that are going to be starting pretty soon. I mean, the Frozen Four and. They could very well make it to the end. Uh, the Frozen Four, if I'm not mistaken, ends on April 13th. So basically the same same time as a regular See, season. Now, if that happens, we're not seeing him in Montreal this year. They're, they're not going to sign him just for the playoffs, you have to think. No. Well, I mean, hopefully they're going to just sign him. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he could stay with the team, uh, you know, stay with the team and that and train with the team and all that. But, um, yeah, definitely if they get knocked out early, could definitely be, you know, you maybe see him play the last couple of games with the Canadians. Maybe play the last couple of games with the Rockets. Who knows if they yeah. mir- miraculously make the playoffs? They're not making the playoffs. But uh, <laughs> stop, not. stop, stop uh, living on that. But um, yeah, I mean, Paling. Yeah, so he he of course was the guy that we're going to be talking about, or the Canadians prospect that we're going to be talking about today, voted by our uh, Twitter followers. So I mean, obviously, twenty fifth. It was drafted twenty fifth overall in twenty seventeen. Great prospect for the Canadians. Obviously, he showed what he could do with the World Junior Championship. Seven games, he had five goals, three assists, eight points. And he always seems to, and well, just this season, 32 games, seven goals, 23 assists, 30 points. Had 31 points last year, but he always seems to step up in the biggest moments, which which obviously I like to see out like the World Junior Championship. Yeah. Obviously, he scored the three goals in the third period against Sweden to uh, to come back in that game. 
in the gold medal game as well. He was he was awesome. Even in the semifinals, he was great as well. He's a guy that's in the for the Canadians probably down the road. I mean, I, I think there's no doubt that he's one day going to be playing in the NHL. Yeah, that's the thing. He seems like one of those players that might not have the highest ceiling, but his floor is pretty pretty high. Yeah, like even you, when, like even you don't think he's, he's not going to make it. Like yeah. He, the NHL. Exactly. Even when he was drafted, that was sort of like the the book on him, or what I thought about him was that you know he's basically a guaranteed NHLer. How high is he? Is the ceiling? You know, he's not going to be a first line center, that's for sure. But a second line center, kind of like a Dano guy, I would, I would say. You know, yeah, but if he is a two three kind of guy, but that steps it up in the playoffs, that's the type of players that you win with. That's, that's true. the type of players that you need on your team that that play long a long time for your team becomes a uh, a fan favorite and ends up being a a hero for your team. Like that's the type of trajectory, the ideal trajectory that you can see for uh for a guy like Paling. I think for especially from what we saw at the World Junior. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's you, know, you couldn't be happier. Couldn't have expected more from him in the World Juniors. Obviously, I mean, he was the the tournament MVP. He's a guy that plays a solid two hundred foot game. His speed could be is is a little bit questionable, but I think a lot of people hate on his you know hate on him for his speed. Well, not really hate on him, but you know, give him a, a tough time about his speed. But I think that's a little over exaggerated. His shot as well is not, you know, he doesn't necessarily have like an NHL uh, caliber shot. He's probably the kind of guy that's going to score like 15, 20 goals for you in a season. Probably not more than that. But um, his, his hockey IQ, off the charts. He's a guy right now, he's six foot two, over 200 pounds. So he's yeah. a guy that, you know, he's strong in the corners. And, I mean... Hey, is, is the, he's a type of player that everyone and their mom has, have been saying that the Canadians are missing for years. Exactly. So if he can come out and be just a little bit of that player, and just that, that he sounds like he could potentially be, ideally a, a great second liner or a perfect third line guy. Like it's hard to tell how these young players are going to be defensively, like as forwards in the in the in the yeah. NHL. But given the type of the way people talk about him and his his hockey IQ, you'd think he's going to be one of those reliable guys. And I, I hope he's working on his face-offs every single day. I want him to be that type of player, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And and I think, I mean, even better, obviously, with Canadians drafting Cook and Yemi. Takes the pressure off. To be, exactly. Yeah. Takes a lot of pressure off of him. Because sure. even before that, you know, people were saying, oh, yes, Paling is going to be the next, uh, you know, first-line center for the Canadians. Yeah. Because there's nothing else. Looking, exactly. There's nothing else to look forward to. Yeah. The guy I've been looking for for the last 30 years. But, you know, Kokanami hopefully is going to fill that and, gap. And you even have Suzuki, who may be more of a winger in the NHL. But still, uh, uh, there's more players in the pipeline than just Paling that could potentially well, be. Even, D- even Domi, I mean, this year is looking yeah, pretty legit. exactly. Is exactly. he going to stay as the center? I mean, who knows? But, uh, yeah, Paling, I mean, hopefully we're going to see him rather than uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, even if it's just in the AHL, I just want him to sign, really, because yeah, exactly. the whole college thing, the, those are the players that unfortunately sometimes don't yeah. sign. I, again, I mean, the reason he didn't sign last year was that they didn't go as far as they were hoping. I mean, they, they sort of got, uh, I think they got eliminated, I forget now. I think in the in the semifinals, or might even have been the quarterfinals, it was super disappointing, and they had all their all their really good players coming back. All their basically most of their good players are going to be gone at the end of the season. They're all seniors. So. Yeah, so that decision makes sense to me. I mean, like, what is he going to do? Go play on a shitty Rocket team? Like, who cares? Like, you might as well take that extra year at college, yeah, and then 
probably get just as good experience. If, if they can hypothetically win, that's great experience for him to get. Yeah, exactly. You know, he got the World Junior experience and all that yeah. too. Let's not forget. So, so hopefully, I mean, uh, hopefully he signs at the at the end of his season. And then, uh, I mean, he could definitely be huge for the Rocket next year. Maybe even the first line center, second line center at worst, I would think. So, but he's going to, you'd think he'd still get some NHL playing time next year too, though. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we'll see how training camp goes and all that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely got the body for it. It's not like, you know, he's, he's you know, it's not like he's a smaller guy or whatever that needs to put on weight. He's a big guy that, you know, could potentially play. I think he probably needs at least a year in Laval, I, I would say. But uh, you the, never know. You the, could the cause one, a surprise. The one thing, though, is as crazy as it is to say, there's almost a log jam at center now. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he's not like a, a pure offensive guy. So, with the pure offensive guys, are always like, "Oh, there's no point in having him up in the league if he's going to be playing uh, on the fourth line." A guy like him, though, maybe you just put him on the fourth line, get some get some easier minutes there. But like right now, next year, Daniel Domi and Kotkaniemi are pretty much yeah, penciled into exactly. the top three. I think it makes centers. more sense for him to get even. Yeah, he could potentially play fourth line center, but probably makes more sense for him to go down to Laval. Maybe the first line center, worst case, oh, probably the second line for center. For sure, for sure. You you wanted to get primarily, but I'd still like to see him get a few games. In, in yeah. The oh, he could definitely you know maybe get like uh, ten games or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely super excited to see him, and hopefully we'll see him maybe even before the end of the year. So of the prospects that are currently not in the NHL, he's the closest to making before Suzuki even, right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, so Suzuki seems a bit Suzuki I think might end up disappointing some fans we'll see I mean there's a reason why LA was willing to not LA uh, Vegas. Las Vegas was uh, willing to to get rid of him uh, like he, he he's one of those skilled players that seems like he he might have the skills for the NHL but it might not translate well but Paling just seems like a like a sure thing like, yeah, you know, appealing, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, Suzuki, at, at, at very worst, he's like a solid fourth line center. You know, oh, yeah, you, you yeah. don't want that, but like that's Suzuki definitely has more upside, but much more downside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, so a 2019 prospect the Canadians could be looking to draft, Jacob Pelletier. And uh, uh, you know, RDS is going to be talking about him because his <laughs> name is Jacob Pelletier. <laughs> well, that's a, there, there are actually quite a few. Um, Quite a few decent Q prospects this year. Uh, they could potentially be in the uh, in the Canadians the sort range. of spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> thing about Peltier though, however, he's he's sort of all over the place. Like I've seen him as high as twelfth, and as low as the early second round. <clears throat> and just the reason for this, I mean, he's got incredible skill. I mean, just this year he has sixty-two points. Or I'm sorry, 62 games. He has 38 goals, 49 assists, 87 points. Even last year when he was 16, he had over a point per game, 61 points in 60 games. So he's incredibly talented. However, big and really the only hit, in my opinion, is his size. Yeah. Extremely the, small. Every single year, though, we see these players. He's 5'9", 161 pounds. These players drop in the draft every year. I mean, the NHL today is, a, is, is more catered to the skill game back in the day mm-hmm. you're seeing more and more smaller players like make it compared to before like before like a guy like St. Louis breaking out was insane you know exactly yeah but now it's, it's becoming more and more common though and I mean we t- well you touched on it just before on Nick Suzuki kind of a similar type player he's very small uh, Suzuki's a little bit taller I think he's 5'10 5'11 but very lanky frame incredible speed 
The guy, I mean, he's got a really, really good acceleration, really good top-end speed, a good jump. He's got an amazing shot like Suzuki, really high high IQ. But again, I mean, the, the, the issue with him is going to be his size. And he's five foot nine, about 160 pounds. So he's going to have to put on, obviously, a lot of weight. So as much as there's a portion of the fan base that always go crazy for the, for the, the Quebecois players... If the Canadians use their first round pick on a five foot nine, 161 pound player from Quebec, there's a, a there's a lot of fans that are gonna lose their fucking minds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, mean, uh, you shouldn't make your decisions based on that, but just like that, that's that's gonna happen. Like Tony Marinaro is gonna lose his mind probably. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there would be a lot of detractors for sure if, if the Canadians were to sign him. But, I mean, he's got so much. I mean, again, it depends where the Canadians end up drafting, if they make the playoffs or not. Not necessarily. Well, I, uh, I'm looking at the <laughs> EliteProspects.com, and then they have a few different rankings here. And he's between 20 and 31st, approximately, from what I'm seeing here. So that seems to be right at the range of, like, making it into the playoffs or just missing the playoffs, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because of his size, again, I mean, he's so small. 160 pounds, that's crazy. I mean, you know, he's I mean, not I don't know how updated this is, you know, but yeah. not necessarily a guy that I'd be drafting like if we were top fifteen. But <coughs> yeah. you know, he's he, he could definitely be a steal at the end of the first round. Well, yeah, no, sure. that's the thing. He's a guy that might drop a little bit, so he 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 could he looks to me as the type of player that ends up dropping a little bit from where he's supposed to be. Maybe ends up being an early second round pick, but becomes a steal for that team. Yeah. You know? Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. He's he's definitely got the the you know an extremely high ceiling. First, you know, first line winger. He plays center in Moncton. Probably not uh, yeah, what he's gonna. Yeah, he's yeah. you know, sort of like Suzuki again. Suzuki. I mean, he plays center for uh, for Guelph most of the time. He's gonna translate to a right winger. Peltier looks like he's gonna translate more to a left winger. Yeah, you don't see a lot of uh, five foot nine uh, centers in the NHL. No, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But definitely an so, exciting prospect. Do you think? I mean, Suzuki's not that small. He's five eleven. I mean, is he? some uh, of the. Oh, yes. I don't know if he's really five eleven. Well, yeah, that, that's just what this, it's kind of like how my license says I'm six foot tall. I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but do you think because the Canadians already have one of their top prospects being a guy like Suzuki, who is a bit of a smaller player, that they would shy away from adding another player like that, or do you think they're just gonna go best player available? I mean, Timmins usually seems to go. I think best you player. gotta go. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good players in this draft, like in the first round. Um, you know, if he were to fall, maybe in the second round. I mean, the Canadians do have a lot of picks, so I mean, they could maybe take a chance. But you know, it, it depends. Again, it depends where the Canadians end up drafting. What what are, what are the second round picks the Canadians have this year? I forget. The Canadians have the uh, Columbus's second round pick and their own second round pick. Okay, so, so both they'll be in the same range. I yes. mean, they're literally both fighting for a playoff spot right now. <laughs> if ever, so. I mean, Pelsier were to be there, which I definitely don't think he would ever be there in the in the second, well, in the middle of the second round, he would be a, a no brainer. Yeah, he he could having those two picks, too, you can always put like trade up, you know. Yeah, you could potentially Tra- move them, move them together. Yeah, Pelsier were to fall to yeah. the end of the second round, you know, potentially you trade this or the end of the first round, potentially move the two second rounders for uh, for a first. So who's the last? Player like French Canadian Quebecois player drafted by the Canadians to to really make it. Charlie Dole. Okay, I said make it. Well, yeah, I guess he made NHL it. Player. Well, it's, I don't know. It's, who knows? Yeah, it, it hasn't <laughs> really. Louis Leblanc. <laughs> he definitely hasn't made it. Mike Ribeiro. He's. He oh, was, that's true. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So uh, again, I mean, definitely a guy. 
an exciting kind of guy that uh, you know definitely keep an eye on come draft day. All right. Uh, aside from that, uh, we we went to a Rocky game recently. Uh, I don't remember much of it because it was terrible. What was it? Three nothing. <laughs> Lost three nothing. Yeah, it's. But, uh, we, uh, I, I, have we seen a win this year? I've seen one win, and I've gone to about ten games. That's insane. <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. And, so like, I don't definitely you, bad luck. I, th- I don't think you saw. No, I saw the, it with my dad. With your dad, yeah. So I haven't seen them win once. And, and like, <laughs> boring games, too. Like, I mean, I don't want to hate too much on going to Rocket games because, I mean, like, as they say, is it's pretty solid. Our tickets are 18 bucks. You see some pretty high-level hockey. Concessions are a lot cheaper than the Canadians. I mean, you get, like, a fry and a beer for, like, 11 bucks. Yeah. Oh, pretty good. But, uh, but you yeah. know. So, like, right now, they're nine, nine points out of a playoff spot. Two games Okay, they're not hand. making the playoffs. <laughs> Don't even talk about the playoffs. Who cares? Two games in hand. The team... That, two whole games? Two, two whole games. Two whole games. The teams that, it, that the basically they're chasing at this point is Belleville Senators that they're playing twice this week. Ooh. So if they were to win those two, who knows? That they would be, what, five who points knows? back? With two games in hand. Okay, I guess so. So, yeah, yeah. What, you never know. Miracles do happen, I guess. <laughs> I mean... Uh, you, you never know, but I mean, they do seem to have been finishing a little bit stronger. Uh, they started horribly. They did, and I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, the thing is, I mean, they've lost a lot of their their good, well, their good players from the beginning of the year. But that, that, every, every team in the AHL is like this. Like that, uh, well, guess, they yeah, they I are guess, literally maybe that's true. But they get picked apart by the by the by the home team. Like, by the but I mean, like. I don't know. I'd have, you'd have to take a look at each team, but I mean, For to sure, lose yeah. guys like like Fraze, Chapu, Agostino, had uh, Olafson get injured at the beginning of the year. Kulak, Lindgren's been injured for a lot of the season, and none of the, and even Sherback, McCarron's been injured since the beginning <coughs> of the season. So they lost they lost a lot of players. Yeah, that, that that's they a have lot of played. bodies for sure. Yeah, I mean, hopefully next year will be better and uh, second year for Joël Bouchard. Hopefully next year we were so excited to start the year having. Finally got rid of the horrible coach. Yes, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, well, well, next year we'll have new first line center Ryan Paling. Hopefully, to bring into the glory land. Anyway, so it's gonna be. We'll we'll see what happens for the rest of the week. So, what's your prediction for tonight's game? Uh, tonight against Detroit. Uh, let's see if. Uh, oh, it's just at seven thirty. I was gonna. We'll see if the, the game's already started. So it hasn't started yet. Uh, they got to win tonight. They got. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I, I think it'll be like, like something like a 4-2 win. Uh, but they, they got to win tonight. I'd love to see Kutkinimi get a goal uh, with a nice pass from uh, from Drouin. But, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully yeah. they can score at but least yeah, one goal. Next next few games, Islanders had luck. Like they, like there's a streak of winnable games here. Islanders, Chicago, Philly. Like In the next two weeks... Even two and a half weeks, they have to they have to go on a bit of a run. They have to be like so. You got Detroit Islanders, Chicago Philly Islanders, Buffalo Carolina Panthers, Columbus. Like that whole streak of games, you gotta win a lot more than you lose here. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Like like definitely. something like eight wins, two losses, kind of thing. You know. Yeah, I mean this uh, this week with the, the these three games against the Wings, Islanders, and Hawks. Got to get at least four points. That's the minimum. 100%. I mean, at least two wins. Hopefully even at least five points. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Wings tonight, I think, yeah, it's definitely a must-win game against you know, against a team like the Wings. They, 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 have to, they have to win these games. They can't, you know, play like they did against Anaheim. I'm thinking it's going to be a closer one, though. I'm going to say four to three. And I asked a question to our Twitter followers earlier, um, right before we were about to start the episode, what they thought the scores were going to be. Unfortunately, I only got one answer here. But uh, five to one uh, from Glenn Gunther. So Glenn Gunther, Gunther 
Gunther. My favorite listener. <laughs> Thank you for commenting. Well, he probably doesn't even listen to the podcast. He probably only <laughs> reads your tweets. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Anyway, but, uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's exciting to end, end of the year. I mean, we, we didn't even know if we'd be playing meaningful hockey at the end of March, and we definitely are. So that's it's going to be an exciting uh, next few weeks, that's for sure. Yep. So, uh, so next podcast, we'll try to get it up uh, probably for next Monday. Monday, yeah, Monday. Hopefully, you're not sick again. Well, I, I I agree with you. Hopefully, I stop being sick. It's been like a week and a half. I'm over it. Actually, no, I can't. Monday, it's my birthday. Well, Sunday, but hey, birthday, birthday Sunday. Yeah, birthday with the family on Monday. Uh, so we'll do it on Tuesday. All right, we'll do it on Tuesday again. Uh, as always, thanks for listening uh, and follow us at the Habs Forum. Don't forget to like and subscribe and uh, and comment and. Yeah, you follow can, us you, on Twitter. You get a shout out on the on the there podcast, just like uh, what was his name again? Glenn Gunther. Glenn Gunther. All right, have a good one.